everybody. Welcome to Just Sold with Brent McIntosh. Yeah, I'm Brent Griffiths. He's Brent McIntosh of the McIntosh Group at Remax River City. How are you doing today? I'm well. How are you today? Fine, thank you. We've got a couple of guests. I'm looking forward to this one. Well, uh, you know, what we're always talking about, what's the most fun and exciting industry in all of North America? Hot tubs. <laughs> okay, what's the second most uh, exciting industry oh man, in all you of got North me. America? Once we get past hot tubs, I'm, I'm really scrambling. Well, you tell me. Well, let's talk about insurance because everybody wants uh, to talk yes. about insurance. And joined uh, today, we've got two amazing guests. Uh, Karen Dyberg and Scott McInnes from Dyberg Insurance right here in Edmonton are joining us. Hello, Karen. Hi, Brent. How are you today? I'm really well. Scott, how are you? Good. How are you doing, Brent? Really well. Thank you guys for joining us. Um, we'll start with a, a brief bio and and of, of you guys before we get into the meat and potatoes of the insurance industry, which I know people are going to be riveted and, and <laughs> listening on every morsel that we're going to give them here. Uh, Karen, let's start with you. Uh, tell us a little bit about yourself. Okay. Well, I'm born and raised in Edmonton, and um, I studied engineering and math at U of A before I started in the insurance industry. And that was in the mid eighties. So I'm old and um, there was really nothing else going on in the mid eighties. Um, I don't know if you know, but there was a national energy program and interest rates were 18% and right. there weren't a lot of jobs. So um, insurance jobs were available and uh, insurance jobs are still available. Insurance is a good employer. Um, so I'm a broker, uh, which means I sell insurance generally, what's called property and casualty. Um, and I represent a number of different insurance companies. Um, and due to our affiliation as a founding partner of the Excel Group, um, we represent over 30 insurance companies. Wow. Most brokers may only represent five or six. Yep. And we're not agents or direct writers like an Allstate or an AMA or a Bel Air. Belair, just to name a few, which means we provide choice. Excellent. And before we get to Scott real quick, um, you're a second generation. I am a second generation. Yeah, my dad in, in started, started the business in 1953. So, so owned so, and operated by a Dyerberg since 1953 here in Edmonton. Yeah. yeah. E excellent. And, and Scott, you're a little bit newer to the business. How long have you been in the business now? Yeah, so I've been in the business for... Uh, 13 or 14 years now, uh, so quite some time. Yeah. Uh, I probably met you uh, right at the start of my career, actually. I, I think we did meet right at the start of your career. Well, <laughs> let, 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 tell me a little bit about yourself, Scott. Yeah, for sure. So I, uh, I started working at Dyberg Insurance when I was 20 years old uh, for Karen. She had a position available for me where I was able to sort of learn the ropes uh, without too much pressure moving forward, uh, I guess. And, and uh, it sort of evolved into a commercial insurance management role and a partnership with Karen down the line. Um, so here at Dyberg, I guess I'm responsible for most of the business insurance, whether that's uh, building insurance, commercial, residential, uh, or actual contractors, uh, clients that are actually doing work for, for others and that sort of stuff. So I've uh, been around, uh, but only worked at Dyberg Insurance when I've been in the insurance industry. And are you born and raised here in Edmonton? Yeah, born and raised in, in Edmonton. So uh, just uh, I, I live uh, really close to where I grew up and, and sort of uh, found my uh, my territory here in Edmonton and don't think I would ever want to leave, to be honest. Oh, yeah, but it's hard to leave the bubble. Uh, yeah, well, insurance sure is. is something that people don't often like talking about. There's 
applications, there's paperwork, there's premiums, there's claims. None of it seems to be fun. Buying a new car or buying a new house, that seems to be fun. Um, but maybe you guys can tell us, and we'll start with Karen, what's the best part about working in the industry? Uh, well, for me, uh, every day is different. There's something new all the time. It's an evolving, changing um, industry, and it's the surprise of what's on the other end of every phone call or every email that's that's most interesting for me because it's it's always something new. And, and Scott, what about you? What's the best part for you? Why did you want to get into the insurance world? You know, initially it was just sort of a career path that I wanted to take. However, I think over the years, you, you really start to appreciate the opportunity you have to train people and educate them on what the product's all about and what they're actually purchasing so that they don't feel like it's such a, a needless purchase uh, it, when you're comparing it to a car or a house or a building or something like that. Uh, it is just a piece of paper, but we want to make them feel like it is uh, something that has value. Awesome. Okay. Well, Karen, let's start with um, how many types of insurances uh, do you offer? Tell us about all, all, all the types that you have. Oh, gosh, we offer <laughs> all sorts. So on um, what we call the personal side, that's your home, your auto, your, co your condos, uh, rental properties, your seasonal properties, your RVs, your uh, recreational vehicles, your trailers, um, you name it, your collector car. Um, on the commercial side, we offer things like uh, retail stores, um, trades, construction, construction projects, like uh, building the whole course of construction, commercial buildings of every type, apartments, strip malls, office buildings, um, nonprofit organizations um, for their liability and their directors and officers and um, cover lots of different events. Um, and festivals, yep. uh, everything that sort of everything that sort of happens out there. Um, oh. we, we travel insurance. We we have oh. the ability to offer it. And and you know, well, we'll start with homes because that's yeah. what I sell. And and so, what does a, a typical home buyer need to provide you guys to to start an insurance application? Well, typically they need to uh, know about that, what they've bought. So um, construction details, square footage, um, any updates to their roof, uh, hot water tanks, furnace, what type of wirings in there, what kind of um, electrical amp service um, is on there, if they have any kind of uh, water mitigation, like a backwater valve or a sump pump, an alarm system. Um, all those factors go into the rating and the cost um, and the cost of the insurance. Okay. And what would be covered? Let, let's say that there, there's a claim that needs to be made. So what's covered under those claims? Well, uh, we generally sell what's called, uh, there's two, there's actually three types of policies that you can buy. You can buy just a fire policy, yeah. uh, which basically, which covers just that fire. You can cover by a named perils policy, which covers fire and a few other things. And then you can buy an all risk policy. So we, we typically sell you the all risk policy, which would cover just about anything you can think of, but not, um, Earthquake, war, government yeah. seizures, you know, wear and tear, infestation, pollution, that sort of stuff is not covered under an all-risk all policy. What about alien invasion? 
Uh, that would also probably slide into uh, not covered, I suppose. <laughs> um, so, so, so things that aren't covered, you, can you get extra riders put onto your policy to cover some extra things that might not be on, on a regular policy? Yeah, absolutely. So even uh, typically uh, overland water or sewer backups not covered mm -hmm. um, or groundwater. So those are extra riders that you can add on to your policy. And, you know, things like jewelry or clothing or sports equipment. If At what point do you have to get an extra rider put on at what dollar amount, I suppose, that it wouldn't be covered under a regular policy? Well, that's uh, that's where you really need to talk to your broker because every policy is different okay. about what's covered under um, under those limitations. And um, some some insurance companies don't cover bikes. Some include them. Some insurance companies have a limit of uh, five thousand on jewelry. Some have ten. So you really need to know uh, which policy you have, and uh, you need to re re either read it or talk to your broker to, if you have questions about those specific limitations. Some things, some policies don't cover artwork. Some yeah. do. Uh, some don't cover wine collections. Some do. So, so it's really good to talk to your broker, obviously, and find out exactly what would be covered if, if uh, God forbid, there was something that uh, needed to be claimed. Yeah, especially yeah. if you have any kind of collection um, mm -hmm. or you're really into something. Um, you should check to see big, if it's covered. Yeah, one of the big ones that I've seen recently is there's been sort of an uptick in the cycling industry, I feel like, and a lot of people are spending yeah. five, ten, twenty, thirty thousand dollars on road bikes or other types of bikes. And uh, sometimes the premium is not any different from insurance company to insurance company, but one will have a twenty five hundred dollar limitation on a bike and the other won't have any limitation at all, right? So it is really important if you're buying these sort of higher end items, whether it's a bike or golf clubs or whatever, you should be talking to your broker. I got chased down, I, I, coincidentally enough, this summer on my bicycle by somebody else who thought I had stolen his bike because he had the exact same one. And, and uh -huh. yes, unfortunately, uh, he, he only got uh, 2000 or 2500 for the replacement of that bike. And, and it's a little bit more money than that. And uh, so, so he was on the hunt to find out who took his bike. <laughs> Fortunately, yeah, mine was have to take matters into your own hands, right? Th that's right. Yeah. So he was really <laughs> upset that he didn't get it replaced. So he hadn't checked his insurance company. And uh, I, I, and I actually made a phone call to, to, I, I do hang my license all, uh, or not my license. I hang my, my insurance with Dyberg insurance for those listening. And, and I did call them immediately to find out if my bike was going to be covered. And so my particular policy, it is. So, the, so there wasn't a limit on, on that, which was really neat. Uh, we hear nightmares about people going away on vacation and their furnace quitting and the pipes freezing. Is that covered? It depends. Yeah. So uh, once again, uh, every insurance company's house policy is a little bit different. And some of them have limitations on how long you can be away before you have to regularly have your house checked or have an alarm system that detects temperature changes or... Um, and we always like to give, give some information. So what's a good rule of thumb for somebody who's going away maybe for two weeks in the middle of winter on a vacation? And how often should they have one of their friends or family go into the property and check on it? Uh, well, every day, probably after they've been gone for three days. But the other thing is what you should be doing is turning off your water. Okay, good, good tip. 
Well, let's go into the commercial world and we'll talk a little bit with Scott here. And um, let's talk about some of the things that you, you cover and what kinds of companies you deal with in the commercial insurance world. Yeah, for sure. So uh, as Karen sort of alluded to there, we, uh, we are a founding partner of the Excel Insurance Group, which allowed us to have access to virtually every commercial insurance inc- uh, company that you can be under contract with, which sort of opened up our, uh, I guess, our uh, marketplace when it came to helping people place their business insurance. So uh, I think primarily uh, we deal with... Uh, contractors, some manufacturers, and then we have a lot of commercial and industrial properties that we're insuring right now. Um, there's some been some major challenges in that marketplace when it comes to premiums. They've suffered years and years of, of bad losses, mostly attributed to water damage in buildings and things like that. So uh, it seems to be a constant struggle to make sure that people are keeping up with the maintenance of their buildings, uh, as well as making sure they're taking the appropriate steps uh, from a contractual standpoint, whether that's a snow removal contract or people that are doing maintenance on their buildings to protect themselves and and try and uh, keep their insurance premiums to a minimum, right? So that's making sure your roofs are replaced on time, boilers are maintained uh, on a scheduled basis, things like that. They're, they're more in the spotlight than they ever were before. It's not a situation where we can send a building out and get 30 quotes back. It's a situation where you send a building out for quotes and uh, you get a bunch of questions back about the updates and how well the, the building owner maintains that property. So obviously, just like house, you have to know everything about that property and give as much information as you possibly can to determine the, what the rates are going to be on the insurance premium. Exactly. So in most cases, the more information, the better. Um, now, is, I guess, as long as that's good information. Uh, but uh, mm-hmm. but the reality of the situation is, is that once you're building, we're looking at about 1985 now where insurance companies are looking for sort of full updates, plumbing, heating, electrical, they want it all, all to be updated or to be on some sort of a schedule uh, with, a, with a maintenance contractor that would maintain equipment in a building and that sort of thing. Now, I think obviously everyone would agree that insurance is something that everyone needs um, and, and doesn't always want to pay for and, and regardless you know, if we're talking about auto or talking about house or commercial insurance, can you give us some tips on the best ways to reduce your premiums? Is so there, is there some insider tips that you might like to share? Your deductible is probably the easiest, the easiest thing that will change your insurance premium, both on your uh, home or your auto. Having a higher deductible re- will reduce your rates. Uh, combining your home and auto together um, will give you a significant discounts on both, um, both types of uh, coverage. So um, those would be the two main ones where you could really uh, save and, and um, maintaining your property. A lot of it's done. uh, Most insurance companies will also ask to do a soft credit check and, and that, and having a good credit score will really can significantly reduce your premium. Okay. Interesting. Um, let's get into the auto world. And I know that there's going to be some changes coming here, uh, especially um, this is going to be good information for some Albertans. But let's start with uh, a basic auto insurance po- policy. How much, mu- how much insurance do I need? One million, two million, five million? 
I'd say it depends on um, what, how much you drive and what your, what your occupation or your net worth is because the, um, they're going to sue you for whatever they think they can get from you. <laughs> okay. So, so essentially the more you're worth, the, the, the big, the more amount you need to be insured for. Yes, exactly. Okay. Yeah. And, and uh, what are some extras that people should consider in their auto coverage? Uh, well, having a higher limit, um, having some extra, the extra coverages where you can buy accident forgiveness or claims for, uh, or claims forgiveness or conviction free um, credits uh, will help reduce your um, premiums. If you have convictions uh, or accidents, of course, your, your premiums are going to go up. Um, and how many tickets can I have before my premiums go up, Karen? One. <laughs> so, so after two, uh, your premiums could, could start rising. Is that right? After one, they can start rising. Oh, really? So, so yeah, keep and a perfect again, record. Depends on the insurance company. Photo radar doesn't count okay. or any kind of photo ticket. But anytime you're stopped by the police and get one handed to you, those count. So. Yeah, for sure. So I think one of the big things that has sort of come to the forefront over the last uh, 12 or 24 months is distracted driving with, uh, within the insurance world. Anyway, uh, yeah. it sort of went from a minor conviction where it actually used to not even not even impact your rate at all uh, to this point where if you have a distracted driving ticket, it's considered a major conviction. So one step below a criminal conviction and insurance companies will start to uh, um, restrict your ability to get collision coverage or other types of physical wow. damage coverage on your vehicle. Um, and, and certainly, you know, jack your rates up and not offer payment plans and just make it, make your life uh, miserable. If you have a distracted driving ticket these well, days. Well, Karen had given me a tip a couple of years ago to take my, uh, my mobile phone and put it in my purse and put it in the trunk. <laughs> and, 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 and because I, I think that that's probably what we're talking about here more than yeah, anything yeah. else with distracted driving, right? Is, is mm -hmm. people looking at their mobiles. You, you have a purse. Well, <laughs> just that's just between you and me. Don't okay. tell anyone. We won't, we won't, it does not go beyond the studio. Yeah. yeah it, uh, and I prefer uh, the term uh, satchel. Thank you. Yes. <laughs> Um, let, let's talk about, uh, as we start to wrap up here, there's going to be some major changes coming to the auto industry for insurance here in Alberta, correct, Karen? Yes, there is. Um, the government's bringing in what's called DCPD, which is direct compensation property damage, and that starts January 1st. And every insurance policy will be effective, affected started starting January 1st. Okay. And so what that means is if you're involved in a collision, whether you're at fault or you're not at fault, you will be dealing with your own insurance company and they will uh, make arrangements for the settlement of your claim. You will not be dealing with the other party's insurance company unless you um, are suing them for a bodily injury claim. So for any property damage that to your vehicle, um, it'll, you'll be dealing with your own insurer. And everybody's starting off with a zero deductible. So you won't, if you're not at fault, you will not have to pay a deductible. Well, that's good your, news. Okay. Yeah. And if you are at fault, you'll still have to pay a deductible. You would still be dealing with your own insurance company. So they'll be covering the collision and the loss of use coverage um, uh, for your damages to your vehicle. And, and so when we're talking about it, 
from the consumer's point of view and they do get in an accident and it wasn't their fault, will their premiums be affected? No. Okay. It's the same as now. It'll just make it easier so that you're just dealing with your own insurance company. And does this make it more work for those insurance companies? Will, the, will in January 1st, do you guys have more work to do? No, I think it'll make it less work for the insurance companies because you're already dealing with your own client. Okay. And um, it'll it, there won't be a lot of back and forth it, uh, between the other insurer and you. So it'll just be... Um, It'll just be you and your insurance company. So is this a, is this a good thing that, that it's happening here in Alberta? Well, we're sort of the last province to adopt it. Okay. So, um, yeah, I guess it is a good thing. It, it sort of aligns us with some of the other provinces, um, like Ontario. Um, as, as you know, the, uh, the other prairie provinces in BC are government insurance. So you're already only dealing with one insurer. Okay. Well, that's good. I was a little worried when I heard that um, no fault insurance was coming our way. So it, it sounded like a nightmare to me, but that sounds like it's going to be pretty good when all said and done. Um, we'll, we'll, we'll wrap up here, uh, Scott, maybe just some other types of insurance that we haven't talked about that people thought might not even know exists out there. Uh, really brief, we, we talked really briefly about travel insurance that you can get that right from you guys mm-hmm. for, for an annual policy, correct? Yeah, absolutely. So I think we have a, we we do sell annual policies as well as uh, individual trip policies. And one of the key things in the travel insurance world th- th- these days, of course, is COVID. Uh, so with uh, the markets that we're using, we actually are having your standard travel insurance policy, um, which would cover all the things that covered you you were covered for before COVID. And then now they're actually. Uh, selling COVID specific insurance. So that would be um, any cost you would incur for, for a stay in a hospital uh, when you're out of the country, if you were infected with COVID and, and that sort of thing. So it is important if you are seeking travel insurance to make sure you ask the right questions and make sure you're covered for, um, for COVID as well as all the other things um, that are out there. So, and then the personal liability insurance, rental property insurance, tenant insurance, golf, hole in one insurance you guys even sell yeah yeah we do and so one one other type that you didn't mention in your list there is cyber liability insurance and so that's definitely at the forefront of the commercial insurance world as every business has uh uh personal information that there is that they uh have in their possession from clients or or uh, vendors things like that wow um so uh as you work your way uh, through each business. So as an insurance brokerage, we have a pretty big, uh, cyber liability exposure. If somebody was to hack into our system and gain access to our records, they would have, uh, clients, addresses, telephone numbers, emails, uh, financial statements for most of the commercial clients that we have, things like that. Uh, and, and legally now, I guess it's a few years ago now, 2018 or 2019, I guess they brought in to, uh, into the legislation that we had to notify anybody that had their uh, data exposed through a cyber attack. So that comes with some significant costs. You may even have to set up some credit monitoring, things like that for clients, uh, that had their information exposed, uh, as well as we, we, it would protect you for things such as, uh, uh, ransomware where you're asked to pay, uh, some sort of a ransom to gain access of your files. 
most businesses nowadays uh, wouldn't be able to operate if they couldn't log into their uh, their customer management system. Uh, I know for sure at our office, if we couldn't log in in the morning, we would be uh, down and out essentially. Uh, and I and I think that a lot of other businesses would would relate to that. Even getting into the construction industry, things like that. I've had clients where they've had cyber breaches. They've been their systems have been down for for a week or two. Uh, it does take a while for their their tech company to rebuild their records and things like that. Now, obviously, it comes at a at a cost, and that cost is relative to your exposure. So, if you're a law firm, you're going to be paying a much higher premium than you would if you were a retail store that didn't have any sort of a customer database where you were taking emails and that sort of stuff. You do see it at the highest level, right? Like Target, targeted all. Uh, they've had a massive cyber breach. Uh, the, the biggest companies have them and the smallest companies do. And I think it impacts them both in, 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 in a significant way. Perfect. Well, we're going to wrap up here, Karen, lastly, tell us why Dyberg insurance is such a great little company. You know, we're here to help our clients, um, navigate through the insurance maze and offer personalized uh, service to, um, to all of our clients, our motto has always been better to insure than wish you had. And how do they reach you? Uh, best is by phone. Uh, our 780-432-7595 or by email. Um, our general email box is info at dybergsurance.com. And we'll put those right in the, in the show liner notes so people can find that really easily. Thank you so much, both of you, for joining us. We really appreciate it. And insurance is more interesting than I thought. Wow, you guys are fantastic. <laughs> hey, uh, thanks for joining us. We really appreciate it. Uh, Brent, how do people get a hold of you? If somebody wants to buy or sell a house here in the Edmonton area, they can reach our team directly at 780-464-0075 or find us on the web at macintoshgroup.ca. And that's it. That's all the time we have for today. And make sure that you drop us a note or an email or whatever telling us what you love about the podcast. We uh, really appreciate the feedback. and. Also check us out. Brent, thanks for your time today. Thank you. All right, I'm Brent Griffiths, and we'll see you next time.